Um, just want to make sure I'll give people a few minutes to get in. Okay, cool. All right. Hey, we got Chris in the room. All right. I think I'm having some technical difficulties. Uh, you got, okay. Bear with me one second, guys. All right. Here we go. All right. I think we're good to go now. I think my volume is here. Welcome guys to Ask J Live. Uh, today we're going to do a couple of things. First things we're going to do is we're going to talk about a topic. Are you leaving money on the table by not charging enough for your products and services? And I'm going to give you guys a simple formula to be able to uh, increase your pricing and profitability. Okay. Uh, first, though, I want to welcome everybody that's on. I know 12 o'clock or 9 a.m., depending upon where you are, uh, is a little weird time. Uh, we're going to probably change the time to Tuesday evenings coming up to give more people an opportunity to come and join us live. So today we're going to talk about the topic. Are you leaving money on the table by not charging enough for your products and services? And we're going to take questions uh, at the end of this. So the first thing I want to do guys, um, when I do my coaching and consulting, there inevitably is uh, issues with profitability. When I talk to my, my coaching clients And a lot of time that profitability or lack of profitability has to do with not charging enough for your products and or services. And so here's some of the reasons that you may be doing this or others may be doing it. Number one, you don't have confidence in your product and or service. All right. Sometimes we have what's called the imposter syndrome. And that's a syndrome where people don't feel that they're worthy to charge a certain amount of money for the knowledge that they have or that they can share. Another reason is you don't understand the true value of your product or service. A lot of times we undervalue what we do because we do it so naturally. And so sometimes we have the tendency to undervalue what we do. Also, you haven't correctly identified or calculated the value of what your, uh, of the problem that your product or service solves. So, Many people look at starting a business in one or two ways. I'm going to solve a problem or I'm going to do something I'm passionate about. But if you link your business to solving a problem many times, and we're going to talk about this later in, the, uh, in today's show, many times that problem you solve, the greater the problem, the more money that you can charge for solving that problem. Next, your product or service is viewed as a commodity. So many times if we're selling something that's identical or close to identical with somebody else's, it becomes a, a commodity and you haven't differentiated your product or service. And these are just some of the reasons that you may be undervaluing uh, your product or service and leaving money on the table. And what we want to talk about is a formula. It's pretty much a science to increasing your pricing and profitability. So if you just increase your pricing That may work for some of your customers or prospective customers, but if you use a specific formula I'm going to teach, I guarantee you that you'll create a foundation that will increase your prices and profitability with minimal backlash. So many times you will get backlash if you increase your pricing, but you don't have a platform to increase it. And we're going to talk about several ways to do that. All right. So the key word that I want you guys to remember in today's episode It's called alignment, alignment, and we're going to break this down. So have you aligned your product, the perception, the pricing, and your profitability? Your alignment must be correct to maximize your profitability. 
So as we get into today's show, and we're going to take questions once again, uh, once I, I finish talking about this, if everything is not aligned, that's when you have a pushback or backlash when you increase your product pricing. So as a consumer, most times we're looking for price versus value. Okay. Price is what you pay. Value is what you, you get or what you perceive that you get. So if those things aren't aligned, that's why you're not selling your product and or service. So we're going to talk about pricing, perception, product, and profitability. So the first thing we want to start off with is pricing. Now, anytime you buy something as a consumer, let me tell you guys this before uh, we move on. If you want to speak, uh, once I get finished, just hit the phone icon on the bottom right to join the caller queue. And then once you get pulled up, hit the mic to unmute yourself so you can speak. And then once you're done, I'll, I'll send you back into the uh, into the listener group. All right. So pricing. So normally as a consumer, there are three levels of products or services that you buy in terms of pricing. There's high end, mid price and low end. And each of these different levels has a specific um uh, a connotation that comes with it or expectation that comes with it. So if you buy a $10 watch out of Woolworths or, or, or Walmart, your expectation is that watch is not going to probably last too long. Now, if you buy a Rolex and you spend ten dollars or $15,000, obviously your expectation is going to be a lot different. So for the people that jumped on, we're talking about, are you leaving money on the table by not charging enough for your product or services? And I'm going to give you a simple formula to increase your pricing and profitability. And then we'll take questions after I, I breeze through this. So once again, number one is, is, is your, your product or service. What do you sell? Okay, then I'll get to the pricing again. What do you sell? What products or services do you sell or want to sell? And that's the first thing that you have to identify. Is there a market for your product or service? Many times we sell things that we like, but there may not be a market for it. So you have to do your market research and you have to test. One of the ways to find out if a product or service is viable is by testing it. So before you go buy uh, a whole bunch of physical products, you need to go out and test it in the marketplace first. Maybe run a landing page to uh, run some ads to a landing page and try to sell your product or service and see what type of feedback you get before you go all in and buy a ton of product or actually even create the service that you're selling. Okay. Do uh, is it viewed as a commodity or a necessity? So if I had onion goggles, I'm <laughs> I like to cook, right? So one of my buddies as a gag bought me these onion goggles. And they're actually goggles that you wear when you cut onions so your eyes don't get irritated. Now, is it a commodity or a necessity? No, it's a commodity. And it's something that I wouldn't personally spend money on. So when you create your product or service, you have to be, be very careful of what you bring to market. And I talked about testing. So the litmus test is, is somebody going to go into Hip Pocket National and spend their hard-earned money for your products or services. And the only way to find that out, guys, is by testing. So you can do all types of research and all that. That's great. Put up a landing page, run traffic to that landing page, have an offer, and find out if people will actually spend money for your product or service. Okay? So once again, product first. Now we're going to get back to pricing. Okay? 
So I actually had it in the wrong order, but we'll talk about pricing. And I mentioned before there are three levels of pricing for any product or service, low, medium, or high. Okay. What level of product or service are you selling on? And is it profitable? Okay. One of the biggest issues, guys, with profitability is many times you don't have enough profit or margin built in for your product or service to be profitable. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples as we talk about pricing. Number one, just say you sell a $7, and this is a real example. I had a, a, a coaching client that was selling uh, baby washcloths for $7, okay? And I was like, well, what's the cost? His cost landed and everything was $4. So he's making a $3 profit, but how much money can you really make after you include your marketing expenses and other expenses? So you're looking at $3, Literally, you're going to have to sell a ton of those uh, washcloths, baby washcloths to make any money. Now, if you have a platform that allows you to do that, that's great. But if you have to drive traffic to your website or to your Amazon listing or whatever, that's going to cost money. So we're talking about pricing. What level of uh, are your products or services are you selling on and are they profitable? Um, What problem does it solve and how valuable is the solution? Once again, the bigger problem that you solve, the more money you can charge. So if I'm a tax accountant and I have a client that owes the IRS $25,000, they're talking about liens, judgments, jail time. Guess what? I'm solving that problem. I'm making a lot of money. Okay. So what the, how valuable is that solution? Okay. If you're teaching something, for example, or let's use this as as an example. This is another client of mine, coaching student. They created this special deodorant. It's It's a handcrafted deodorant to help people not to sweat as much. All organic, all natural. Great product. But the question is, what is that value to the prospective customer? Now, obviously, if you have sweat problems, it's a major thing. But how many people have that and how much are people going to spend for that problem to be solved? And the last example I'm going to use, which I talked about earlier, was the uh, the goggles, the onion goggles. Something that I would never buy, but my buddy bought it as a gag gift for me. But I did some research and that product is actually selling pretty well. So your pricing is is directly affected to your sales and your profitability. Okay, is your product and service profitable to sell and fulfill? So many times, as the example I used about the baby washcloths, all my coaching student looked at was the cost of the product, which is four dollars. And what he was selling for was seven dollars. He didn't even take into account the fulfillment aspects, the marketing aspects that you have to have to sell any product or service. And unless you have a serious platform where you can just put out products and services and people will buy them. You're going to have to drive traffic. I don't care if you're selling on Amazon, your site or whatever, you're going to have to drive traffic to create that transaction. And what we're talking about right now, guys, is are you leaving money on the table by not charging enough for your product or service? And I'm going to give you a simple formula at the end to help increase your pricing and profitability. So we talked about product. We talked about pricing. All right. Oh, let me just say this real quick about pricing. What is your your gross profit per item sold? And then what is your net profit? Because, and I'm talking about dollar dollar amounts. 
I'm not talking about percentages. And the key reason you want to look at what your dollar amount of profit per unit is, that is the money that you're going to use to be able to market your product or service. So when people say, oh, I have profit margins of, of, of 20%, that's great. But what does that equate to? All right, if I sell a $1,000 product and I have a 20% profit margin, that means I'm making $200. That means I have $200 to acquire a new customer. If I'm selling a $10 product and my margins are, are 20%, that's $2. That means I have $2 to acquire a customer. Whoever has the most money to acquire a customer is usually going to win. And the example I like to give on this, and if you listen to my Black Entrepreneur Blueprint podcast, I always talk about my flat irons. So I'm a bald-headed guy that sells, has a brand of flat irons, hair flat irons, straightening irons. And if you want to hear the story, you can go to Black Entrepreneur Blueprint and hear the whole story. But long story short, uh, it was a problem that my wife had with a flat iron. I found a solution. And the flat iron basically cost me $10.78, landed from China with my logo, my brand, my packaging. I was selling the flat irons on Amazon and my site uh, for $129. So I had $118, $119 to acquire a customer. There were people that were selling this very same flat iron from the same manufacturer. It was obviously uh, labeled differently. They were selling the same flat iron for $30. What was their margin? They had $20 to pay with, play with. So I have $119 and this person has $20 to play with. So when I'm advertising for the keywords on Amazon for hair flat iron, a professional flat iron, I can spend up to $10, $15 per keyword. And I don't care if I spent $40 to get a new customer, I still made a hundred and something bucks. Or close to actually, uh, I mean, nine eighty bucks. So that's the difference. So you want to, when you're pricing, guys, don't worry about the margin per se. You worry about the dollar amount that you have as your gross profit to be able to drive traffic to your site. Like I said, twenty percent of a million is a lot different than twenty percent of, of a thousand. So you have to be cognizant of your pricing. And once again, you never want to undervalue your product or service. And the question I always get is, well, how do I do that, Jay? And that all comes down to perception. Your perception must match the image of your product or service. So I just talked about my flat iron. The very same physical flat iron that I was selling, somebody else, other people were selling the same flat iron. The only difference was, was my branding, my packaging, my logo, and my perception. I positioned my product as a high-end professional salon tool where other companies position the product as, oh, it's a standard flat iron, high heat ceramic plates. So the perception is what allows you to increase your pricing. And I talked earlier about the word alignment. So your product or service, your pricing, and your perception all have to be aligned. So if I have a high-end product and my presentation isn't aligned with that, then I have a problem. There's a, there's a miscue. So if you ever go into a high-end restaurant, and chefs will tell you, it's not just about the food. It's about the presentation of the food on the plate. And so if the presentation doesn't look good, then guess what? The perception is off. 
So when you talk about perception, what is the general perception of your product or service? Is it a high-end, mid-level product or low-end product? Now, you can still be profitable in a low-end product, all right? So I'm not saying everything has to be high-end or mid-level, but what is the perception? Second thing you want to look about in perception is what price range do people equate with each price? I mean, what price range do people equate with each range for your product? So, for example, with a flat iron, a high-end flat iron will run anywhere from $100 to $250. Mid-price flat iron, anywhere from $50 to to $80. Low-end flat iron, $10 to $30. So what's the price range that people equate to your product or service? Okay. Next thing you want to talk about with perception is, once again, is everything aligned? Your products, your services, your pricing, your packaging. Your perception, everything has to be aligned for you to get the perception that you need or convey that perception you need to your customers. Okay, so, for example, if you're and this is a real life example, Uh, in a previous life, I was a financial consultant. what We called it stockbroker back in the day for Merrill Lynch. After I got out of the business, uh, I used to do some coaching and training. And I'm not going to call the financial services company's name here. But one of the top three financial services companies in the world called me and asked me to come in and talk to their financial consultants, their trainees. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to the training session. And one of the things that they told these financial consultants, these new financial consultants, were, in order to build your book of business, one of the two things we do is we door knock, meaning you go to a good neighborhood, nice neighborhood. They had everything down to the science, knock on the door, stand. Now, this is before COVID, obviously, stand feet four to five feet back. Hi, I'm such and such from such and such. I was in the neighborhood, blah, 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 blah. And so the first thing I started to do was scratch my head. So what is the perception of a financial consultant that has enough time to knock on doors in the neighborhood? Is that perception aligned with what you want your customers to think? So when I think about a financial consultant, I, I think about somebody that's busy working with clients. I don't think about somebody that's knocking on doors. So when we talk about alignment, this is something that is clearly not aligned. And so when you're not aligned and you try to present yourself one way and the perception is something different, you're gonna, it's going to be a misconnect. Okay, and you won't be able to sell and be profitable. So once again, you don't have to all be high-end products or service sellers, but whatever level you're on, it has to be aligned with the perception, okay? It's just like um, (laughs) I have another buddy of mine who does excellent tailor work. He does custom clothing. Great work. I know him. I buy stuff from him. I turn people on to him. But one of the problems he has is when people that don't know him or aren't, really uh, weren't referred to him by somebody close to them. They go into his showroom. His showroom is in his basement in Philadelphia. So I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with Philly. Some of the areas are kind of rough and his basement looks like a dungeon. Now he's selling high end custom clothing out of that. He's doing well, has a nice website, but when people come over to get their measurements, the perception automatically changes from what they see on the website, what they hear when they talk to him, and then when they go into the actual uh, fitting. 
Now, unlike your major brands, so if you go into uh, Boyd's, uh, which is a high-end suit uh, uh, company, you go into any of these designer uh, boutiques, everything matches, all the perception. The reason Louboutin can sell red-bottom shoes for whatever they're selling them for, and I really don't understand it, is all about perception. It's about, wow, if I got, get these, that's a status, uh, you know, status symbol. People know that I'm, I have money or I'm, I'm, I'm classy or whatever. So it's all about perception. Perception can take you a long way as long as your product or service backs it up. What we're talking about today, guys, is are you leaving money on the table by not charging enough for your products or services? And I'm going to give you a simple formula at the end. And what you have to focus on are product, pricing, perception, what we're talking about now. And the last P is profitability. So once again, is your product or service really profitable? And what profit per unit in dollars? I talked about that. I don't care about percentages. You can't go to the, you can't pay bills with percentages. All right. You can't pay down uh, your credit cards with percentages. You pay down your bills and credit cards and buy things with dollars. So when somebody says, oh, yeah, we, uh, we our company did a million dollars in revenue. Yeah, but what did you net? Did it cost you nine hundred and ninety nine uh, you know, thousand dollars to make a million? You really didn't make any money. We're talking about results, and that's what entrepreneurship is. It's about results. It's not about smoke and mirrors. It's about what's in the bottom line. It's about hip pocket national. What can you put in your pocket as an entrepreneur when the day is over? And it's all about being profitable. So um, can you charge more for the same items as others? So this we're talking about profitability. I did it based on my perception with my flat iron. These are some questions you want to ask yourself. What is your gross profit per unit before expenses? We went over that. How many dollars of gross profit do you make? Once again, not the percentage, but the dollars. How much can you afford to spend for advertising for each unit? One of the biggest misnomers, I think, out there for people, especially that sell physical products, and everybody's talking about, oh, selling on Amazon, selling on eBay and all that. There are millions of products literally on Amazon and eBay. And if you do not drive traffic to those products, unless you're a big brand that spends money on advertising in general, unless you drive traffic to your listing on Amazon, I promise you, I no, I guarantee you, you will not make any sales. So you have to have the money available, which comes in the form of your profitability to be able to market. Okay. Now, what's the likelihood that you have enough money to market and fulfill that product or service with the gross profit that you make? So we talked about product, pricing, perception, and profitability. And here's a simple formula. All right. It, and it's more so for a physical product. Digital products, you create it one time, and now you're able to sell it, and your only cost after the creation pretty much is your marketing cost. So say you create an online course that you're selling for $297. You spend the time, energy, and resources to create it. You might have a platform that you put it on, like my courses are on Thinkific. It may run you $149 a month. You may have some other, uh, you know, website, other services, but 
you don't really have any additional costs except the cost to, to, to fulfill your product, all right, except for your marketing. So here's the formula, guys. Your product price minus your product cost. So whatever you're pricing, you're selling your product at, $100, say your cost is $30, right? Minus your marketing cost to sell one unit, and you want to break it down in units. So that may be $20, all right? So that's $50 in cost altogether, all right? Minus fulfillment costs. So say, for example, it costs you $10 to ship it. So that $100 product netted you $40. You had $60 in cost, 30, 20, and 10, okay? Product costs 30, marketing costs 20, fulfillment costs 10. I'm just using this as an example. Product price minus the product cost minus the marketing cost to sell one unit minus the fulfillment cost equals your net profit. And if you have money left over and it makes sense to you, then this is how you become profitable. Okay. This is how you become super profitable. And the way that you're able to do increase your pricing, because everybody says, if you want to make more money, oh, you just increase your pricing. But that's not always the case. You can't increase your pricing in a, in, at, at a decent level unless everything is aligned. If you aligned your product, your pricing, and your perception, it's easy to increase it. And once again, one of the things that is going to determine your pricing is the market. What is the pricing for other products or services that are similar to this out in the market? Also, how you position your product or service, high end, mid-level, low end. But I don't care how you do it. It has to be aligned. Now, when it comes to low end, unless you're Walmart, you're probably going to be taking a race to the bottom, okay? You can't compete with pricing with Walmart. Walmart has so many loss leaders in the store that it's ridiculous to get you. And a loss leader is something to pull you into a store or something. So they know they'll lose money on this hot sauce that they're selling for $1.98. But while you're in the store, you're going to buy $200 worth of something else. So I always I tell you guys, you're not going to be super profitable if you're going to be in the low end all the time. If you have a product mix or an upsell, and here's some psychology to selling, guys. If you're offering a product, do you have variations? Is there a gold model, a silver model, or the regular model? If you give people options. So, for example, if you're doing an online course, well, this course comes with coaching and a community. So this course is 297. The basic course by itself is 197 and just the PowerPoint is $49. Human nature, people are going to usually take the middle one. Okay. So if that's what you're really trying to sell, you position that main product as the middle product, the high end, you're going to add some bells and whistles, the mid-level product. If you're giving people three options or their variations, if that's that's the one that most people buy, then the low end, you make it so so low and, and so ridiculous, people will be silly to buy it because you don't get anything. The top level, you're going to make it super high and super heavy. The mid-level is really what you're selling. The bottom level, you'd be, be a numbskull to actually even buy that. So that's a, some of the psychology of selling too. So when it comes to pricing, if you give people options, always remember, High, mid, low, and, you know, you can soup up the top package, make the mid-level package. I think it's, uh, I was reading a study, 
close to 68, 69% of people, when they get three options on buying the same product with, a, with variations, they normally pick the mid-level pricing. So you can do something like that also to increase your average order price. Another thing for profitability, guys, order bumps. So it's just like when you go to online to buy something, say you're buying something, just say it's a, uh, I'll use my product, for example, a flat iron. I have order bumps for hair serum and thermal protector. Oh, you bought the flat iron. Here's a $20 bottle of hair serum that's going to help you. And here's another $19 bottle of thermal protector that's going to protect your hair from the heat from the flat iron. And so all of these things, guys, that formula. So you have to worry about your product. Do people really want your product or service? Okay. Identify a viable product or service that solves a problem if you can. Pricing the product, price the product or service based on the solution value or the transformation value. What most people are buying, guys, is transformation. You're buying a flat iron to transform your hair from what it looks like normally to that salon grade feel or salon style that you would get coming out of out of the beauty salon. You're buying this weight loss supplement so you can transform your body from what it is now to what you want it to be. So remember, you're always selling a transformation. So next, make sure that your product or service and everything is aligned to per- support the perception. If you're not aligned, guys, you're not going to sell. And also profitability. Can you realistically increase your pricing based on your alignment? Is your product or service profitable? And th- these are some basic keys that I talk to with my coaching students Um just as a as a framework of how to become more profitable. And I think the biggest problem is, and we're going to take some questions if you guys have them soon. Um, the biggest problem is most people aren't aligned and the perception that they're presenting doesn't necessarily match up with their product or service. And you never want to undervalue. And it's funny, I had to do this myself. One of my, my mentors is like, dude, you're, a lot of your programs, you're undervaluing them. My thing is, you know, I want people to, to, to get the benefit, but a lot of times we always think that the higher the product costs, the more valuable the product is. And that's not necessarily the case. And so when you create an online course, you don't want to have a course with 45 modules in it, number one, because people won't finish, but you have to sell on the transfer information, not the actual product or service. What are people actually buying this for? They're not buying it because they like the, the course. They want to buy the, the outcome of the course. And that's what you have to understand. So when you can align everything, that's when you can ethically increase your pricing and profitability without the backlash. All right, guys. So if you want to ask a question or speak, now it doesn't have to be about this topic, but it could be about your business, my business, or anything. You can hit the phone icon on the bottom right to join the caller queue. And once you come up, you can unmute yourself and you can speak. So we're going to take live calls right now. Anybody, I see a couple of my people in here uh, that have any questions, please definitely do so. All right. If not, guys, that means I'm going to have to keep talking for a couple more minutes. Olivia, no questions? Oh, my goodness. I'm putting you on the spot, Olivia. Now, you <laughs> you might not be paying attention, but... uh. Anybody? 
Charlie, Vonzel, Gabrielle, Shanitha. All right. No questions. Oh, all right. I should bring somebody up in the queue anyway, make y'all speak just to just just to talk to somebody. Uh <laughs> let me ask, let me see. Uh I'm gonna invite my man to speak. Oh, okay, we got a call in the queue. All right. Hey, what's up? Unmute yourself, uh, Shanitha. Hey, Jay. How you doing? Happy Tuesday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. I'm doing Hi. well. Um, I have a question, but I, I think it will actually, actually apply, kind of. But how does it work when you mm-hmm. have a partner? You have a business partner, and um, I guess you're selling, you're splitting everything 50-50. With the same rule apply, you just, you just do it times two? Yeah, well, one of the things about partnerships, I think I did an episode a while back about um, you have to be very uh, careful with who you partner with in business. Because when money is involved, sometimes things get funny and everything I I would recommend needs to be written down in a contract form. It could be your brother, sister. I talked on one of the episodes about one of my best friends that's literally like my brother. Uh, We've known each other for 30 some odd years. And um man, we physically almost came to blows over business, not the money aspect, but the direction. So I think um, when you have a partner, you want to be equally yoked. You want to have job descriptions down. You don't want to overlap each other. They may be good in sales. You may be good in administration. So you want to make sure that everybody has their specific responsibilities. And you also want to have uh, have it written down uh, 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 how how the thing is going to dissolve if it doesn't work. So if we come into business, we both put in the same amount of money, granted, and we dissolve based on our agreement. We each should separate with half of you know half of whatever we put in. Okay, but if somebody doesn't have money and puts in you know extra labor, that has to have some type of uh, uh, quantitative value too. Because these are the things you never, it's just like a marriage. You never want to go into a marriage thinking it's going to end. But unfortunately, it happens all the time. And relationships, be it business or marriage, sometimes go into rocky places. And things need to be put in place in writing to make sure that everybody understands what happens if this thing doesn't work. What do you get? What do I get? So I would definitely recommend that. Okay. Um, any other questions? Thank you, uh, Shanitha. That was a good question. So I will say this too, guys. So um, be very careful with your partnerships. Uh, like I said, if you're not equally yoked in terms of, and I'll just tell you real quick, the problem with my my good buddy and I was everything was good. We had started businesses and sold businesses together before, but it was the direction of this one business. What I thought we needed to do versus what he wanted to do, which to me was just making money as opposed to building a brand, something that could be, uh, you know, we could have for the long term. You know, it's about I did an episode chasing paper versus chasing purpose. He was chasing paper. I wasn't necessarily chasing purpose, but I was trying to build a business that would have longevity, not just sell product, but build a brand. If you're going to be out there selling product, you might as well create a brand that people can identify with. And then you can add additional products and services in that brand that are aligned with whatever, with whatever you're selling. So if you sell pillows, you can sell pillowcases, you can sell sheets, you can sell other types of things. 
And so that's that's something that's super important. Um, we got any other questions? It could be about your business, my business, entrepreneurship in general. My man Von Zell. All right. Got you, brother. You can unmute yourself, bro. All right. You able to unmute, man? Let's see here. All right. So if you go down, Von Zell, uh, hit the mic to unmute yourself to speak. Yeah, I got it. I got a call okay. at the same time. I, I Oh, okay. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I got I to gotta kill this call first. So. No okay. problem. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing well, doing well, doing well, man. Good, so, good. Uh, yes, sir. Question. When are you going to do, and maybe you've done the episode, but I try my mm-hmm. best to listen, but when are you going to do the episode on how you take percentages in companies that you do business with uh-huh. and how do you sell that percentage rather than taking over a company, taking over a percentage of it for service. I want to know how, you know, if, if you're ever going to get into that level. Now I will now. <laughs> I'll put, no, I, it's funny because I ask people, you know, are there specific topics we want to talk about? So when you're saying taking a percentage, you mean investing as an investor or coming in as a, yeah, okay. So, so let me give you one. You know, I do business coaching. Okay? Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes what I do is I have a person who really can't afford my total price. Mm-hmm. They can afford my base price, but I see they really have the right um, understanding. They have the right mind to really make this a go. So sometimes mm-hmm. I'll take a percentage mm-hmm. of the company. Gotcha. As as a growth, so I'll take a, a I'll, let's say two thousand dollars a month, and then take a ten percent uh, uh, gross profit over and above where they are to what I help them make. And then mm. sometimes they will go out, or some I haven't done this, but some uh, at some point they're going to exit, and when they exit, I get ten percent of the market. Right. Yeah, and so your your question so that's is that's kind of what I'm talking about. Valuation yeah. is really based on valuation, right? So, and it's funny you right, and I'm looking for you to talk about how people do that. How, how do people go about making sure they don't have to take over a whole business, right. but a good business they can take a percentage of? Well, it, it's funny that you mentioned this. All right, my my cousin, uh, my first cousin's son, uh, he has a sports brand that, and this is something that I'm dealing with right now uh, a little bit different but he has a sports brand a lifestyle brand and he sold in the chicago bulls arena he partners with them oklahoma city thunder the san diego Chargers want him in there the, his stuff in there it's, it's like clothing and, and activewear and it's really geared for um i guess the uh anywhere from say 21 to 35 market space and he's getting a ton of these, you know, major uh, sports teams that want to partner with him. But it's funny because partnership at the beginning, when you're dealing with the NFL and the NBA means you got to pay to play. So if you want to be in the stores at the Chicago Bulls arena, you know, they're not going to buy at wholesale because you haven't proven yourself yet. They're going to actually make you do a partnership 
spend a hundred thousand dollars or whatever, and then they'll put your stuff in there and then you get the bulk of it. So literally I'm raising funds, uh, helping my cousin raise funds because he's at the Brooklyn Nets arena. They're doing tremendous business out there. So all of the teams want to deal with them and we're having issues now because I'm, I'm about to invest with them and I have other investors and the problem is the valuation. So right now, uh, estimate that they're valuing the company at five million. But from what all of these big uh, NBA and NFL honchos are saying, this brand is looking to become the new Under Armour, you know, um, which is probably the youngest of the of the major brands. Nike and Adidas, Under Armour, the three biggest. Reebok is trying to make a comeback, but this is poised, they said, to be one of the biggest uh, brands that really attracts the millennials. And so now they're valuing it at five million. And I'm like, okay, I mean, that's based on projections, but you ain't done nothing yet. So it's real tough, man. So um, if you got an investment group too, man, let me know. Cause uh, I think this thing is going to pop, but, <laughs> but uh, it's tough. And that, that you told me about it, man. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. I have, I have some people that don't know what to do with their money. Yeah, brother, because th- this is something, um, uh, you know, I- I'll definitely s- I'll send up. Uh, I got to send you an NDA so you can get the deck. But I'm telling you, man, Charlotte Hornets, too. They, I mean, all of the NBA franchises are on this thing, man. And the the percentages I'm trying to tell my cousin, like, look, man. You know, this is in the exit. They already look in the exit maybe in five to seven years. They're looking for a quick play. So I'll definitely reach out to you on that, brother. I'll be looking for it. But, yeah, so just just when you get a chance and you think about doing a a podcast on on how do you get into other companies, how do you make finder's fee, how do you split your finder's Mm -hmm. fee between your fee and an equity, you know, how do you do that type of thing? Yeah. Instead of sometimes, you know, you can go for right. bigger dips in that area. So that's, I just right. wanted to say, think okay. about that, brother. Okay. I will, Brent. I appreciate it. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll put that on the docket, man, to make sure I do a show on that. Okay, cool. All right. So let's see here. We got Muhammad. Let me, uh, uh, all right. See here. All right. Muhammad. Got you up. All right, you can uh there you go. What's going on? How you okay, making out? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Thank you so much for uh doing this. Uh and uh really want to say congratulations on the be bought be smart by black dot com. As uh oh thank as, you. Uh, it's a great, great marketplace, and I think eventually we can rival some uh, Amazon out there. But my question is about Amazon when it comes to pricing structure. How do you, like with your various businesses, how do you gauge what your price will be for a product and brand that you're putting onto Amazon or the bigger marketplaces like Walmart? Um, so, they're, so they're two different things. So uh, if you listen to my show anytime, when I talk about Walmart, the mindset of Amazon shoppers and Walmart shoppers are totally different. Walmart shoppers go in for deals. Mm-hmm. Amazon shoppers look for value. So they're not more as concerned about the pricing. So um, it's funny that you mentioned that. I have several brands that I sell in Walmart.com that because I don't want to sell my 
my high end brand, like my hot sauce. Right. So that's a high end brand. So I don't sell that in Walmart.com because people are looking for price. So that's the first that's the first Mm -hmm. uh, difference between the two. But in terms of determining your price, you want to look at um, any what what industry are you in in terms of your product? I'm, I'm in the I'm in the music accessory industry. We uh we specify or we specialize in premium stick or percussion stick grips, so you can uh, optimize mm. your grip when you're playing percussion instruments like drums, xylophones, um, mallets, okay. uh, big bands, uh, marching bands, those type of things. That's what we specialize in. So stickgrips.com. Okay, stickgrips.com. I'm gonna check it out. So in terms of your pricing, now you said a word that that hit me: premium. Right. So what does yeah. your pricing look like versus some of your competitors? I'm about 15 percent over my competitors because we provide more value. Well, a lot of their grips or tapes come in like one set pack. We do a two pair pack and we also provide a patented ring within the solution mm. that we're providing to our clients. Now, how do you convey that to now? Are you on Amazon now? Also, is it just OK? Yes. Now, how? Yes, we, we're, we're on Amazon. Okay. How do you convey that to your customers? It's funny because when you sell online, people can't touch it, feel it, hold it, smell it, taste it. So the, the, the verbiage that you use is critical in selling. Um, so, and how are your reviews? You got good reviews? I have 22 good reviews. Um, um, so I'm, I'm at 4.7%. Okay. um, That's good. for a star rating. I mean, I know 22 is not that many, you know, we're, we, mm-hmm. we're just starting our PPC campaign. I've optimized all my listings when it comes to SE, uh, Amazon SEO and all that kind of stuff It's fully optimized, but now I'm mm-hmm. doing my PPT, PPC campaign going into, you know, the big, you know, after Thanksgiving, black Friday, right. you know, prime day uh, season. Okay. So the, the, the thing that's going to sway you on Amazon, man, and it's, it's, it's crazy. It can mm-hmm. kill you. It can make you. It are your are your reviews. So what I would focus on okay. is reaching out to those. I don't know if you use any back end software that that automates this, but there's there's some back end software that automates. Anytime you get a purchase, an automatic email yes. goes out to request a review. So okay, what do you use? I don't I don't I don't do, I don't do that as of yet. Okay, I use actually I don't I don't use any of them right now because <laughs> mine was I'm, I'm rocking so hard I don't even do it. And what I found was you have to be very judicious. So I used to use Ace Inspector, um, but it's A S I N it's A S yeah Ace yeah. Inspector, and then the other one I use yeah. oh my god, I, what's the name of? It? I was literally just on it today. Uh, you know what? Hold on one second. Let me just jump on while I bear with me one second. Yeah, yeah, because um, I've been switching around. Let me see. Uh, yeah, that's the the old one that I used to use. Uh, let me go here. Uh, I appreciate your patience, guys. Uh, damn, I can't get on the website. Hold on. Oh man. I, I literally, I can see the logo right now. My God. Hold on. So I'm, I found, uh, I found Ace Inspector. Okay. All right. So that's the one that does a whole lot of stuff. So what that does is, and here's the trick when you're dealing with Amazon, 
So, okay. you know, Amazon, you can get a feedback and then you can get a review. Feedback yep. is based on your service and things of that nature. So if you get a positive feedback um, review or positive feedback from a customer, mm -hmm. those are the customers that you want to request reviews from. Amazon okay. killers, man, they can kill you. They literally kill brands. So if you get a, a, a ridiculous review, like on one of my flat iron brands, mm -hmm. lady dropped the flat iron, the ceramic plate broke. She gave me a one star review. Had nothing to do with the functionality oh. of the product. Right. <laughs> right. That she was just. Clumsy. Yeah. <laughs> and it took me from a four point seven down to a four point two. And once you go past a four point two, it shows up as a four stars. Yeah. You hit four, three or above four, three to four, five shows up as four and a half stars. Four, six and above shows up as five stars. And so those those Got reviews it. on Amazon are really what's going to make or break you. So it's, it's almost like a double edged sword. So I would focus on that and I would reach out. And, and here's how you game the system. Right. And I know that terms of service, you don't want to do anything shady. But just like people give out samples when you're in the food court in the mall, you give out yep. some samples. Hey, you know, write a review for me based on the samples. So, of course, they didn't necessarily or you can do coupons on Amazon, too, where they can buy them at a low cost. Yep. You can't sit, make it a specification that, hey, if you get it at this price, you got to do a review, but you can strongly suggest it. Okay. Strongly suggest it. OK. Um, yeah, man. So, um, uh, Jungle Scout. That's the other one. Yeah, Jungle, Jungle Scout. Scout. Uh, right. It just hit me. Yeah, that's the other software. That's the main one that I use um, when I do. Yeah. And Ace Inspectors from uh, Helium, Correct. 10, right? Yep. Yep. And uh, there's another software right. out there called, if you want to launch a product called Six Leaf, S-I-X-L-E-A-F. And if you want to launch a product, Six Leaf, on Am uh, they help you with your Amazon product launch. And um, I've used them before. So they get you a lot of exposure. They yep. have coupons and stuff. But they're set up to really launch a product. Anybody that's selling on Amazon, okay. it's all about the reviews. But the problem is you can't control okay. those, you know, to okay. a specific. Okay, well, I'm, I'll just have a good product and do as best, uh, best I can with my customer service. Yeah, I, I'm going to give you a heads up, too, man. So make sure you drive yes, as much traffic as you can to your site, too. One of the things or one of the tricks okay. that I used to do, I don't do it as much anymore because I'm getting a lot of traffic to my own sites is when I would run advertising, I give them two options. Click here to order on Amazon. Click here to order on the site. And what you, the reason you want to do that is you can actually get, you know, if you put coupons up, you can control the emails and build the database. So, you know, when you sell on Amazon, you don't have access to their emails. Yeah, their Amazon's emails. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's, a, it's Amazon customer, really. Right. But, okay. So yeah, now, as you know, your database, you listen to the show, is the biggest asset you have. And so what I do Absolutely. is I'll run them to a landing page. Hey, you can buy from Amazon or buy on my site. If you buy on my site, I'm going to give you a little something extra. Okay? And that right. way, if they're comfortable with that, they'll come to me. If not, they'll go to Amazon and bam. But I always use the example when, when Borders went out of business, Barnes & Nobles didn't buy their stores or their books. They actually bought their database out of bankruptcy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One last question. How often do you 
then communicate with that database because I know I've listened to those uh, those shows, but like now in the new mm-hmm. marketplace, a lot of people get um, they they don't want to have the constant emails. Like sometimes I've, I've yeah. I sign up to email list and I get something once a day, once every other day, and some yeah. and I don't open them. How often right. do you send your emails to your database or to your your client base? See, I'm 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 very cautious with that too because I don't I don't like it myself personally. I usually don't send any more than once a month. I mean, once a week. If I'm doing something, yeah, a once promo a or something, I'll, I'll, I'll yep. you know, you got it. And I'm going to tell you, man, the, the big e-commerce guys, they're going to email you to death when they have a promo. And that is it's just the nature right. of, of the business. And it's a, it's a function of what we do in e-commerce. But beside that, okay. I don't want to be seen as a nuisance. What do you say? I'd rather be a welcome guest. Okay. Yeah, as opposed to being uninvited guests, yep. you know. <laughs> Understood. Understood. Yeah, my man. I appreciate okay. the question. Thank you so much. Okay, cool, cool. We got anybody else? Uh, we got about seven, six, seven minutes left. We wide open here. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. We from the queue. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah, but um. Appreciate it. But uh, but yeah, guys, so uh, in terms of, of being profitable, it's all about, once again, the alignment, pricing, product, perception, which is golden. And what Muhammad was just talking about with when he said the word premium with his with his uh, stick uh, handles, um, that's what you have to convey. So anybody that's selling online, let me give you a tip too. you want to use examples. So, for example, with my hair flat iron business. So because you can't test it out, you can't smell it, taste it or whatever, you have to be very descriptive. So I say and I'm paraphrasing. I say something in my in my landing page about get that professional straight from the salon. Look, imagine yourself, your hair blowing in the wind as you come out to go to work every day with that salon feel. You know, and here's the benefit. The transformation is you're getting that salon feel without paying that salon price. So you're getting that outcome. Also, on my flat irons, I'm probably, I think I might be the only brand that offers a lifetime warranty. So if your flat iron breaks, and this is another selling point, I'm going to replace it free. Just send me your receipt and there's no questions asked. And what that does is it gives people a level of comfortability. It's just like anytime you buy insurance on a product, right? Nobody usually redeems that insurance. So it may cost you a little bit. I'm going to tell you guys, I've sold last year over, whew, uh, what was it? Close to maybe 30, close to 4,000 of this one brand of flat iron, 4,000 units. And I can tell you right now, year to date, I might have gotten 20 uh, people that have sent back the warranty. So that's super low. So if you can do anything when you're selling your product or service, lifetime guarantee, money back guarantee, within reason. It's all psychological but because you have to remember human nature, what people do naturally. We'll get a warranty on something, but guess what? We're not going to take the time to go and send it in. How many times have you bought an electronic that you open up the box, oh, fill this out, mail it back, and you'll have your warranty? 
or even now online. You don't do it. It's human nature and companies understand that. So when you're selling something, if you could add some type of benefits in terms of, hey, we're going to make sure that this is no issue for you if you don't like the product or service. Okay, also be very descriptive. Don't tell me what I'm getting. Tell me my transformation. And when you can align that pricing product perception along with the transformation, that's when you're going to be super profitable and you can increase your pricing without a backlash. All right. Hopefully you guys enjoyed today's show. Actually, uh, yeah, we've got a couple more minutes, but any other questions before we close it out? We good. All right, guys, I appreciate you showing up. Do me a favor, family. Uh, let, let everybody else know every Tuesday, 12 o'clock Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And we're probably going to uh, maybe do one or two shows on a Tuesday evening to give other people an opportunity uh, to listen to the show. Because I know a lot of times people are at work right now. If you're on the West Coast, obviously, you probably just got to work and you may be at lunchtime if you're here on the East Coast. But I really appreciate you guys. Um, make sure you link up with me on my original podcast, Black Entrepreneur Blueprint, found on all your major podcast platforms and YouTube. And obviously, the new Ask J Live, you can go to AskJLive.com. And obviously, you guys are subscribed to call in. So we really appreciate you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again next Tuesday. Love you guys. See you later. Peace.